podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Monday, the 19th of July. We're brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix, access GAA Go or the RTE Player if you're an Irish expat, access the BBCI Player if you're a UK expat wanting to watch great coverage of the Olympics with English language commentary, libertyshield.com will also keep your data safe. Check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN. You'll get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. If you're in the Kirkcaldy region, the shop is now open seven days a week. Right, folks. It is a million degrees. It is absolutely disgustingly warm. That's not really something to complain about, given the months of slop that I've suffered through here in rural Ireland. However, it is too warm for me today. Moving on, Andy Carroll has left Newcastle United. The dream return didn't really work out to be what he hoped it would be. He wants to go and play somewhere else. That's the... The line coming out of Newcastle, the exit was amicable. All sides agreed it was for the best. And off Andy Carroll goes. A career that promised a lot has delivered very little, if we're being very honest about Andy Carroll. When he sort of burst onto the scene with Newcastle, it took him a little bit of time. He eventually got there. In the 09-10 season, he burst onto the scene with 19 goals in 42 games in a championship season, helped Newcastle get promoted, and then he exploded to life in the Premier League. 11 goals in 19 games, earned himself a £35 million move to a very panicked Liverpool who were desperate to replace Fernando Torres. Their first-choice target, Karim Benzema, that deal had fallen apart. They got desperate rather than looking at a Falcao or somebody else of that nature, you know, somebody good. They panicked and threw all the money at Andy Carroll. A disaster of a transfer. In his three seasons, or well, two seasons, he actually played at Liverpool. Um, he played 56 games, scored 11 goals. Six league goals. Four in the FA Cup, including one against Everton in the semi-final. But there's absolutely no other way to look at the Liverpool era with Andy Carroll as an unmitigated disaster. It was a mess. Signed alongside Suarez, who would go on to be maybe the best individual talent that's ever played for the club. Carroll just didn't fit. Carroll and Suarez were not born to play together. Their styles didn't mesh at all. Somebody thought they were signing Toshak and Keegan. They weren't. Uh, and it was just an unfortunate disaster. He went on to uh, West Ham, did well on a loan spell. But unfortunately for Carroll, as with his time at Liverpool, injuries just dictated that he couldn't play enough. In his seven seasons with West Ham, the first one on loan, six on a permanent deal, he only played over 20 games in the league once, over 20 in all competitions twice. He scored 34 goals in 142 games across seven seasons. Now, bearing in mind, they would have played 280, 290 games in that time. He missed about half the games that he was at the club for. Goes back to Newcastle then on a free, 43 games, one goal. For his career, 346 games, 80 goals, but 20 of those goals came in the championship. 
Only 60 Premier League goals for Andy Carroll. He is now 32 years of age. He could probably still do a job at the championship level. If he wanted to play for somebody local, maybe he could go to Borough, maybe he could go to Sunderland and play in those lower leagues. However, can his body hold up to the physical beating it'll take in those lower leagues? That's the big question. There's always been a question over his desire. I mean, he gets his move to Liverpool. He's got a bit of an injury to his thigh. He goes out in the beer. He gets drunk. He falls off the bar, the bar stool and tears his thigh muscle from the bone. He misses four months. How serious did this guy ever take his career? There was a lot of talk that he was made go and live with senior players when he was at Newcastle because he was just out of control. Unfortunately, Andy Carroll is a what-if. Loads of natural God-given ability in the air. A rocket launcher of a left foot. Pretty quick for his size. Very powerful. Tagged as the next Alan Shearer. That was always wrong. What he could have been, and in fairness, in many ways, what he was, was the next Duncan Ferguson. Big, left-footed, awkward, great in the air. Temperamental. Inconsistent. And maybe not always that convinced about how important football was in his life. Andy Carroll moves on. Newcastle moves on. I think it's fair to say the tune won't miss him much. It's a shame it didn't work out when he went back there. Because obviously, when you see a player going back to the club they've come through the academy at, you do want to see them do well. But it wasn't to be for Andy Carroll. Everton are making moves. But they just don't seem to be all that good ones. Andros Townsend is set to sign a two-year deal by the Sands things as a free agent, having left Crystal Palace. Townsend is one of the more frustrating players that the Premier League has known. He has worked, I believe, for Benitez before. Didn't he play for Benitez at Newcastle? Or was I think Benitez was there at the time. I'm almost certain that was the season Benitez took over. They were in the Premier League and going down. He signed... Townsend and Shelby? I think that's right. Yeah, I think he signed Townsend and Shelby. 12 million for Townsend. Oh no, it was Steve McLaren was there. Rafa came in midway. Rafa came in at that point. I am right about this. Rafa managed them for the last couple of months. They went down... He had a relegation release clause in his contract is what it was. And he left. Rafa took over in May. He'd arrived in the, I'm sorry, in March. He'd arrived in the January. Rafa tried to keep him and he wouldn't stay. He wanted to play Premier League football. He went on to Palace. He's done okay at Palace. I mean, like I say, one of the more frustrating players that the league has seen. Good left foot, but for some reason, managers have always trusted him a little bit too much. And allowed him to play off the right. With an Andros Townsend, what you want is him on the left, using his pace to beat his man, and then using that left foot to swing in crosses. For some reason, managers have played him on the right, where what he's going to do is he's going to cut inside and continually shoot from 35 yards, despite the fact that in his entire career, he has 42 goals from 401 games. Andros Townsend had a lot of loan spells. Yeovil Town, Leighton Orient, Milton Keynes Dons, Ipswich Town, Watford, Millwall, Leeds, Birmingham, Crystal Palace. Sorry, not Crystal Palace, uh, QPR. All while he was at Spurs. And he finally gets into the Spurs team. Has about, you know, a season and a half where he's first choice. And then it's off to Newcastle, off to Palace. And he has been first choice at Palace. He had a really good season in 18-19. Scored nine goals in 45 games in all comps. He's had 13 England caps, but he hasn't been capped since 2016. Frustrating, inconsistent, but on a free. I mean, I don't know what kind of budget Rafa's working with. Maybe it's a deal that makes sense. They are also looking to bring in Damari Gray. Again, similar style of player. Very, very frustrating. Very inconsistent. Talented, no doubt. Pacey, no doubt. But can you rely on him? I don't think so. And they're also looking to bring in Asmir Begovic. Uh, I believe that one is basically done. That's a one-year deal that Begovic is coming in on. He obviously left Bournemouth in the summer, having helped them get to the playoff final, where they lost 
to Brentford, a playoff semi-final, rather, they lost to Brentford. Um, none of these signings are what you would class as awe-inspiring. But they are filling out the squad and giving Rafa some depth. Now, Paul Joyce, who generally doesn't comment on things unless it's very, very real, he's come out today and said that Everton also have a strong interest in Dwight McNeil of Burnley. I think he's a fantastic young player. Excellent left foot. If you play him on the left and allow him to get forward and get crosses in with Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front, that is going to be a big avenue for goals for you. And the idea of Dina and McNeil down that left is very, very promising. Now, what it could mean is that Rafa goes to something more resembling a 4-4-2 with Richarlison playing a more central role. He could play McNeil off the right, but I don't think you get the best of McNeil off the right. I think you get much more from him on the left. Him on the left with Dinia behind him, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin up front, that is strong. They've got, got uh, Ben Godfrey. They've got Keane and Mina. You cobble that together. One of them will be all right each week. Holgate potentially right back. They've still got John Joe Kenny, I think, is still there. They've still got Seamus Coleman. So decent options at right back. Rafa normally likes kind of one more defensive fullback and one attacking fullback. So Holgate might make the most sense there. They are still been linked to Denzel Dumfries. Uh, they've been linked to Max Aaron. So maybe he goes for two attacking fullbacks. Maybe he goes to a back three. He's done it before. But the bones of something decent are at Everton. You've got Decore and Alain in midfield. You've got Tom Davies, a decent option. Andre Gomes, I'm not a big fan of, but he's a solid enough third or fourth option in midfield. I think Gilfie's a problem because I don't see how he plays under Rafi. doesn't work hard enough off the ball. He's very, very static. Doesn't have much left in the legs anymore. The right wing is an issue. And I think that's an area that Rafa's going to have to address. But I really do like the idea of Dwight McNeil at Everton, especially with Calvert-Lewin and potentially Richarlison through the middle. As I said before, I would keep Moise Keane. And then I've got three good young strikers for two roles, and I can rotate them. Because Keane, in my opinion, can play with either of the other two. And we know the other two can play together. But Everton could be dangerous. I think McNeil will be a clever signing. He won't be cheap. He definitely won't be cheap. Burnley will want 40 to 50 million. But that shouldn't make Everton pause. They spent 40 plus million on Gilfie. They spent close to 50 on Richarlison. McNeil is a better player now than Richarlison was then. I think McNeil might be a better player now than Richarlison is now, regardless of the fact he plays for Brazil. I think McNeil is really good, really underrated. He's been really well schooled at Burnley. He works his ass off defensively. Sean Dyche doesn't accept anything else. Really good technical player. Doesn't have what you class as elite high-end speed, and that's maybe what holds him back a little bit. Maybe why he won't play for a United, a Liverpool, a City, a Chelsea, a Spurs, an Arsenal. But, I mean, I think he could do a job for all of them. I think he could play left-back for City, for Liverpool. I think he could play left-wing for United, but they've got a lot of left-wingers, or they've got players they play on the left. They don't actually have a single left-winger at the club. Now, you could make the argument for Sancho, of course, but again, he's right-footed. I'm talking left-footed left-wingers. I think McNeil would be a great signing. These other three, it's underwhelming. It is underwhelming, considering how much previous managers have been backed, that Rafa is having to scrap around for Andros Townsend, Asmir Begovic, and a £2 million move for Damari Gray. You know, it seeks to it speaks to maybe Everton changing tact. Maybe this is just them filling out their squad. The squad itself lacked a little bit of depth, but maybe now under Rafa, things will change in that regard. Um, there is confusion with Manchester United. It was reported last week that Marcus Rashford was going to have surgery on his shoulder that he hurt eight months ago. Uh, he tore a muscle in his shoulder and he played through the pain all season long. Gave everything he had for both club and country. Obviously, the villain of the piece with the missed penalty in the Euro final. However, 
the guy shouldn't have even been there. The injury should have had him out. But the report was he was going to have surgery. Now, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has said that Rashford has gone away to reflect on whether to have surgery or not. I mean, this is bizarre. Why would he not have surgery? Rashford spoke to a specialist. The specialist believes he needs surgery. But Solskjaer and the staff are not convinced. Well, I'm sorry. When did Oli Solskjaer get his medical degree? When did any of his staff get medical degrees? I would imagine the specialist, the surgeon who looked at his shoulder, is the one that should be making that decision. Not Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, who will be making a decision from a selfish point of view, in that he wants Rashford in the team. Because when he's got Rashford in the team, the team are better. Because Rashford's a tremendous player. Marcus Rashford needs to have this surgery. In all likelihood, should he have the surgery, he will miss a chunk of the new season. But surely the long-term health of Marcus Rashford is what matters here. Have the operation now. You'll be back maybe October, fully fit. You won't have to worry about it. Or don't have the surgery and let it linger on. Continue to play through the pain. And wonder what sort of later in life issues you're going to have with that shoulder. Uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has been very, very selfish, not looking after the player's interests first. That's a black mark against his name, in my view. Um, it looks like Albert Lakonga will be announced as an Arsenal player today. 17 million plus add-ons. Talented midfield player. Goes into the mix with, obviously, Thomas Partey will be a starter. Gwendozi's gone. It looks like Xhaka will go to Roma now. No word on what Torreira is going to do, but as I said previously, I'd keep him. I think he's a very good player. You've still got Maitland-Niles. You've still got Willock. Lukonga goes into the mix. He's obviously a talented player. 21. Should be ready to contribute, not as a starter, but as a squad player. Arsenal spending some money. And they may be about to spend a whole lot more because apparently, according to David Ornstein and others, they've agreed a deal in principle for Ben White, a £50 million transfer. David Luiz has left, so, you know, they have an opening at centre-back. Now, most rational people would have looked at it and said, well, they own William Saliba, who they spent £30 million on. He was very impressive on his loan at Nice in the second half of last season, so why wouldn't he just go straight into the team? And you'd be well within your rights to ask that question, but it appears that Arsenal have been seduced by Ben White. I don't know what the basis for that is. It certainly wasn't his performances last season. Um, a lot of very poor defending, largely in a three. Arsenal play a back four. Now, they might think, oh, well, he'll be better in a four. You know, he played in a four under Bielsa. And that's fine, but he still had a lot of defensive errors when he was at Leeds. So they're looking at Ben White and Gabriel presumably now as the starting pair moving into next season. Tierney at left-back. They have signed Nuno Tavares as the backup. They'll have Pablo Mari as the backup to Gabriel. Rob Holding probably then as the backup to um, Ben White. They've let Mavroponos go. I think that's a poor move as well. Loan with a very low option to buy. Callum Chambers will continue to hang around um, because they don't know what to do with him. They've never developed him another player whose career didn't pan out the way it should. They are still looking to sort out the right-back position, and apparently they want one more in midfield. Now, they've been linked to Locatelli. Looks like he prefers Juventus. Um, understandably, I think, given that he is Italian, I believe he grew up a Juventus fan. But their other option seems to be Yves Basima of, um, of Brighton, whether or not they can get a second deal done with Brighton this summer. Whether they'll be willing to get a second deal done with Brighton, I don't know. Given that Brighton have basically held their feet to the fire over this Ben White deal, and Arsenal are paying about £15 million more than they initially wanted to pay for him. I, I wouldn't pay £50 million for Ben White. I really wouldn't. I don't think he's ever going to be a great defender. He's a very good footballer. He's very good in the ball. Carries it well, passes it well. 
but there's just a lot of flaws in his game. And even if you if you iron out the poor reading of the game, the fact that he's not a very good 1v1 defender, get him to sweep his centre-back partner better than he does, you're still not going to be able to improve him a whole bunch in the air. Like, players don't tend to level up massively in the air in the Premier League. And he is poor in the air. For a Premier League centre-back, he is poor in the air. And that's going to be an issue. Especially if Arsenal don't manage to solve right back this season and continue to have Hector Beller in there because he's awful in the air. So what you'll find is a lot of teams will play diagonals on top of White with wingers coming in behind because they know Bellerin's not going to be of any help and they know White's not very good at them. So... It's a risk. Arsenal are taking risks this summer. Uh, and I wouldn't be in favour of many of the moves they've made. I do like Lekonga and I like Tavares. I think he's a solid left-back. And they definitely needed a backup left-back. And I like Lekonga in that, stylistically, I think he works at what they want to do in midfield. I like Basuma. But I don't think he's a top-four type of player. I think he's fine if you're going to finish fifth to eighth which, you know, in fairness, is probably where Arsenal are going to finish for the next few years anyway, um, at best. But I just don't think he's the type of player. Like, I think they'd been better off taking the £50 million that they're going to spend on Ben White and going and throwing it all at Sassuolo for Locatelli. If they really wanted to bring in a new midfielder, I think Locatelli with Thomas Partey would be really good. Um, Basuma with Partey will be good, it just... There's a little bit of too much overlap in their skill sets for me. But look, they're spending money. Arsenal fans can't really complain. They're spending money. That's what you've been demanding for years. Now, they're spending it in questionable ways, but they are spending it. If they sign Aaron Ramsdale, you can absolutely complain, though, because that would be a bad move. Uh, Oliver Giroud, or Olivier Giroud, I should say, has left Chelsea. He has signed a two-year contract with AC Milan with an option for a third year. Uh, I believe it's a fee of £2 million that he has gone for. Basically, Chelsea did a dirty on him. He was set to be out of contract this summer. They told him they weren't going to renew. He'd been in talks with Milan, and then, without letting him know, they triggered a, an add-on year that they had the option for. They've done right by him, though. They've sold him for a very small fee. Um, and look, he goes with a, with a bunch of medals from Chelsea. He's been a very good player for them. He's been a very good player his entire time in the Premier League, truth be told. Uh, he was very good with Arsenal. And he's been very good with Chelsea. He's not always a great goal scorer, but he did score, you know, he did score quite a few. I think he got 90 Premier League goals. Yeah, 90 Premier League goals in his time in England in, from 255 games. So better than one in three, which when you consider everything else he does, is quite good. Uh, at Arsenal, he scored 105 in 253 in all comps, 39 in 119 for Chelsea. It's not a bad return. And when you factor in everything else he does, his hold-up play, his link play, how hard he works, the fact that he's a, a very underrated presser, he's great in the air. I really like Giroud. I, I would happily have had Giroud at my club during his best years. Goals have dried up on him. He's never scored a whole bunch in the league for Chelsea. 8-18 and 18 in 1920, his best return. But he did have three seasons in double figures in all competitions, including this past season, where he scored 11 goals in 31 games. And, I mean, he's had a, a really good career so far. He won um, the French League with Montpellier. When they shocked everybody, that team with him and Eunice Belhanda was there. Um, he won three FA Cups with Arsenal. He won an FA Cup with Chelsea. He won a Europa League with Chelsea. And now he's won a Champions League with Chelsea. It's not a bad return. He also won the World Cup with France. So, I mean, he's had a hell of a career. He's an underrated player. I think he's often a misunderstood player. His goal-scoring record for France is excellent. He's got 46 goals and 110 caps. But the fact that he's 110 caps in an era with the attacking talent that France have had 
speaks volumes of how highly rated he is. I hope he does well with Milan. I assume he'll go there and he'll rotate with, with Zlatan. Zlatan's obviously 57 now, so, you know, he's coming to the end. Um, but Giroud at, at 34, probably, well, 35 soon enough, probably has the, the couple of years left in him, and then he'll retire and go off and be handsome somewhere else. Um, great news in that Raul Jimenez played 30 minutes in a preseason friendly four Wolves against Crewe over the weekend. Fantastic to see him back playing football. He was wearing a protective headband that's weighted and protects the, the areas that were affected by his injury. He looks thinner. He definitely looks like he's lost a bit of weight while he's been out. Um, but he looked lively. He, he pressed pretty well. Um, didn't show any real hesitation to head the ball. And it was nice to see him back. It was. It was really nice to see him back playing because there was there was some time after his injury back at the end of November when it looked like he may never play again. And he had done so well to establish himself as a high-end Premier League striker that was drawing interest from a lot of clubs that it felt like such a shame. But good to see him back. Interesting to see Wolves. The 4-4-2 that we expected. Trinkia looked interesting. A little bit lazy at times, but on the ball, he's just different class. Um, really nice link-ups with him and Key and Hoiver. Wolves are going to be an interesting team next year under Bruno Lage. Um They need to sort out what they're doing at centre-back, though, especially if they're going to play a back four, because you know we've seen the problems they've had playing a back four in recent seasons. Hopefully they will. Um they will make some moves and uh, and get a couple of centre-backs in. German men walked off the pitch over the weekend. Uh, they were playing a behind-closed-doors friendly against Honduras uh, in preparation for the Olympics. And one of their players was racially abused. So the players got up and left just walked off the pitch and refused to come back on. The official Honduras national team account claimed the the incident was uh, a misunderstanding, but that doesn't seem like it's the case. The Germans certainly weren't taking that as a real excuse. And off they walked, and rightly so, and I commend them for doing so. I think it is what teams need to do when one of your players is racially abused. Walk off. Don't continue playing. Um, one deal that was completed over the weekend in this slow transfer window, Mark Guehi leaving Chelsea to join Crystal Palace, a fee believed to be in the region of 18 million. Chelsea have uh, sell-on percentages and a right to match any offer made for him in the future. Clause is built into that contract. But I think it's a great signing. A great signing for Crystal Palace. Him, on top of Michael Elise, it's a very, very impressive start to the summer for Palace. 26 million gets you two exceptionally talented young players. We know they have Eze. He's going to miss most of the season, but he'll be back. Nathan Ferguson hopefully will be back fit and ready to go this season. He's very impressive. I really liked what I saw of Tyreek Mitchell last season. So there's five young players that Crystal Palace can begin to build around. Be it Ferguson at right back, Mitchell at left back, Guehi is one of the centre backs. There's three quarters of you, of your defence. Ezzy and Olise in wide roles, there's your two, you know, there's the, the wide attacking midfield. That is something for Palace fans to get excited about. They also have Raksaki, um, Jesserun Raksaki, young player there. He's meant to be very, very talented. Naya Kirby, talented young midfielder. Now, he's been on loan in the lower leagues, so whether he makes it at Premier League level, I don't know. Um, but there's talent there, at least. They're making the right moves. They still have the option to go out and loan in a couple of players. I think we might see... Conor Gallagher end up there. I think that's one that's potentially available to them. Um, 
I saw rumours the other day that they were interested in Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who'd make a lot of sense if he's available or if you can bring him in on loan. He's a talented player, plays multiple positions, young player, but plenty of experience. I like what I'm seeing from Palace. I really do like what I'm seeing from them so far. There's still big question marks over Vieira. We don't yet know what kind of manager he's going to be in the Premier League. He did okay with Nice. Oh, yeah, with Nice. Not great, not bad, okay. He did all right before that with New York City. We'll wait and we'll see with Vieira. But so far, I like what I'm seeing from them. Dougie Friedman has done well this summer so far. And he deserves credit for, for that. Now he needs to keep it up. They still need three or four more in, at least. But it's promising. Big question, obviously, still over Will Zaha. Will he stay? Will he go? Will they get the offer that they want from him? Will he get a move that interests him? I mean, I hope he stays. I've always said I, I'd like to see him stay there his whole career. Well, he's obviously left already and come back. But I'd like to see him stay there the remainder of his career. I think they build a statue for him if he stays. Because I think he's probably the best player Palace have ever had. Ian Wright, Ian Wright's the best player they've ever had. But in terms of what he's accomplished in his career, I think Wilf has done more for Palace than Wright did. Wright's definitely the better, the best player that's ever worn that shirt. But Wilf will have done the most for them if he sticks around and, and finishes his career out there. I mean, he's still got years ahead of him. Was he 28? Wilf could play another four or five years at a good high level with this young core, help them develop. I mean, Ezzy, Olise, they'd love playing with him. If you're going to play Wilf up front, maybe it takes some of the burden off him as well. I'd love to see Wilf stay. I hope he does. Uh, potential turmoil for Liverpool, allegedly. Uh, an article on The Athletic entitled Jordan Henderson in Liverpool, a contract dilemma causing a lot of uncertainty. The story says Henderson has not yet been offered terms that are in any way appealing to him. He wants to be recognised for his contributions. He wants to be recognised for his ability on the pitch. To me, this sounds like it's come from his agent. To me, this sounds like he's demanding more money than he's currently on. Now, he's 31 with two years left in his deal. That brings him to 33. He's already incredibly injury prone. Incredibly injury prone. Jordan Henderson misses a lot of football most years. He missed four months this past season. I don't know that it's a smart decision to give him any kind of long-term contract. Look back to 2015-16. He played only 17 league games. 24 the next season, 27 the season after. 32 in 1890, 30 in uh, 1920. But remember, in 1819, he was dropped for a period of time, and a lot of them were sub-appearances, so he was been maintained. This past season, just the 21 league games. Only two of the last six seasons, Jordan Henderson hasn't gotten injured for months at a time. He's missed the season-ending run-in in four seasons. I think I'm right in saying four seasons, including the last two. He has missed the end of season, the last couple of months of the end of each season in both of them. He's not going to get any better. He's already declined. He's certainly not going to get any less injury prone. He can't play more than 120 minutes in a seven-day spell or he gets hurt. It doesn't make sense for Liverpool to offer him a long extension. One, maybe two years. One year with a club option for the second, probably on reduced terms. I mean, he wouldn't give the big offer to Ginny Wijnaldum. Why would you give it to Jordan Henderson, who hasn't been as good, doesn't contribute as much on the pitch? Oh, but he's a leader. Virgil van Dijk's the leader of the team, has been since day, the day he arrived. Henderson has been a good servant for Liverpool. He's got two years left on his deal. 12 years at the club is more than enough. If Liverpool wanted to see out his contract and then leave, I think that's absolutely fine. It doesn't make sense to extend him on a long-term deal. They have far bigger priorities this summer than Jordan Henderson. Virgil van Dijk, Mo Salah, 
Sadio Mane, Alison Becker and Fabinho all had a contract that summer as well. All of them far more important than Jordan Henderson. There's also Naby Keita contract. There's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain contract. And while they are not more important than Henderson, they do have more value than Henderson. So they need to consider what they're doing with those two players as well. Now, the article in The Athletic attempts to make it out that Jordan Henderson would have interest from PSG and from Atletico Madrid. Let me just go ahead and call nonsense on both of that. If he became available on the market, which is what The Athletic suggests Liverpool could do, is to sell him rather than let him run down the contract. His offers would be Arsenal, Leicester, West Ham, Newcastle maybe. Maybe Brighton because his best buddy is there. The logic behind the Atletico Madrid one, Luis Suarez is there. You think Luis Suarez signs the players for Atletico Madrid? Suarez also had a contract in a year and he's off then. Atletico Madrid aren't signing Jordan Henderson. Atletico Madrid aren't going to give a big amount of money to a player who isn't an improvement on what they have now, is always injured. And is his age. They're just not going to do it. Yes, they've paid money to older players before. Not in the centre of the park. Not in midfield. Don't be foolish. Uh, the PSG logic is, oh, well, he, you know, Pochettino likes him. Pochettino has no say in what, what happens transfer-wise at PSG. None at all. Jordan Henderson also doesn't fit how PSG play. Doesn't fit at all how PSG play. So, if he leaves Liverpool, he's going to stay in England because he's not going to go abroad. He's not going to have the offers to go abroad. His offers will be Arsenal, Leicester, West Ham. Those will be the three. Um, I I think he sticks around another year, and then maybe they do a year's extension and he stays for another two. And at 34, then maybe he leaves. Uh, Gerard left at 34. Gerard's legs had gone... He was no longer able to contribute at a decent level. In truth, you look at the last four years of Gerrard's tenure at Liverpool. He was injury-plagued for half a season when Kenny Dalglish took over. Didn't play well and didn't play much Kenny's full season. Wasn't particularly good in Rodgers' first season. Rodgers' second season was the season Liverpool came close to winning the league. But if you go back and look at that season... Gerard was poor the first half of the year when the system got shifted and he ended up playing that deep role with runners in front of him who did his legwork. He improved. The team improved. But he still had some shaky games. I mean, John Joe Shelby absolutely annihilated him at Anfield playing for Swansea. So, you know, you still had that. Um, and then his final season, actually the last five seasons of his time at Liverpool, weren't particularly great. They were a big fall-off from what Gerard had been under Rafa Benitez, under Gerard Houllier, when Gerard was a force of nature and one of the best players in the world. Those last five seasons were a lot more bad than good. It was time for him to go. When Henderson's time comes, it will be time for him to go. It's not that far off either, regardless of what people might want to say. I saw somebody claim today, give him a four-year extension. He could play till he's 37, 38. No, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. Because his body will have exploded long before that. It's already breaking down on him. Ferguson was right. Alex Ferguson was right. He said it years and years ago. He will have injury issues later in his career. He has had injury issues later in his career. From 2015-16 onwards. And it's not like Henderson was an old player then. He was 25-26. And he started to break down. He's been carefully managed ever since. Anyway, we'll take a break, as the Athletic should do from this. Now, this is what this has done is a remarkable thing, though, because obviously within the Liverpool fan base, you've got people that like the owners, people that love the owners, people that despise the owners, people that are questioning the owners, and people that don't really care who the owners are. What this has done is it has taken a lot of the, the group that love the owners and will back anything they want and had them demanding that they sell. 
they have taken some of those top reds from FSG are the best thing that ever happened to the club right to the brink of FSG must sell if Jordan Henderson is elected. Jordan Henderson. Not, not Van Dyke, not Salah, not Allison, not Trent, not, not the great players. Jordan Henderson. Brilliant. We'll be back after the break. We'll wrap up the gossip and we'll get done for the day. See you in a minute. Right, folks, welcome back. We are going to wrap through three days' worth of gossip because uh, why not? Uh, starting with Saturdays, Tottenham striker Harry Kane and Aston Villa forward Jack Grealish remain Man City's targets. The Athletic are going to beat this drum all summer, aren't they? Um, Aston Villa playmaker Grealish is expected to sign a new deal with Villa, according to the Birmingham Mail, who I'd imagine have decent enough insight. They they. They broke the story last summer about him signing a new deal when United wanted him. Real Madrid will have to put up with Gareth Bale for another season as they have not received any offers. I mean, what a what a poor end to a career that promised so much. He just doesn't care about football though, so he might he, he might be happy enough to just collect his massive wages and then retire. Um Crystal Palace have made efforts to strengthen the squad, hoping that this will convince Wilf Zaha to remain at the club. Again, makes sense. He's your best player. He's the one that is kind of your talisman. Makes sense to make the moves that will keep him happy. Manchester United have blocked their former manager, Jose Mourinho, now in charge of Roma, from signing Alex Tellez on loan this season. Yeah, I mean, they're letting Brandon Williams go on loan, apparently, so they could do it cover at left-back because Shaw has had injury problems in the past and he can be inconsistent. So makes sense that they keep Tellers around. He also gives them the option to play a back three with Shaw as the left-side centre-back and him as the left-wing-back. Cristiano Ronaldo, who has been linked with Manchester United and PSG, is set to remain at Juventus to talk of a potential new one-year deal which could include a pay cut I don't think there's any chance in the world that Cristiano Ronaldo's taking a pay cut Tottenham boss Nuno Espirito Santo could turn to Wolves in search of recruits with Willy Bolly and Daniel Pedence linked to the moves club it's from TalkSport we'll throw that right in the bin Tottenham are looking to bring in Pierluigi Golina, Golini on loan with an option to buy. He is the Italian goalkeeper from Atalanta. I don't think he's particularly good, but, you know, have at it. Burnley have beaten... the love stories of this. Burnley have beaten European champions Chelsea in the race to sign 34-year-old Wales goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy. Right. Harry Wilson is among 10 players Liverpool want to sell, and they will accept uh, 10 million for the 24-year-old Wales forward who's blinked with Brentford, West Brom and Benfica, and rightly so. Get him out, get him off the books, and turn that money into a player you can actually play. Sassuolo are lining up Liverpool's 25-year-old Serbian midfielder Marco Grujic as a potential replacement if Manuel Locatelli moves to either Arsenal or Juventus. Yeah, I mean, Grujic would do well, I think, in Syria. He's a very good player. He's done well in Portugal. He's done well in... Germany, uh, I think he'd do well in Syria. Atletico Madrid's 26-year-old midfielder, Saul, who has been linked to Barcelona as part of a nonsensical swap deal uh, for Antoine Griezmann. I added the nonsensical myself, in case you didn't notice. Um, has both Liverpool and Manchester United interested in him. We know Liverpool are interested in him. I don't believe that United have interest. I think what's happened here is Liverpool have bid below what Atletico want. Atletico have then tried to flog him off in some crappy deal to Barca with Griezmann, which was never a real thing. Now what they're doing is they're having their stooges in the media put out these stories. Oh, at least his agent's talking to this club, his agent's talking to that club. Rule one as a selling club. If Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea or City are trying to buy a player from you and they are not prepared to pay what you want, have somebody in the media come out and say, 
that one of the others is trying to buy them and try and panic the club that is trying to buy him into making a higher bid that is more suiting to your desires. Um, and United is an easy one to link because they've been linked to them in the past, but it appears like they are focusing on buying a centre-back this summer rather than a holding midfielder. Oli seems quite happy uh, for some reason to have McTominay, Fred and Matic as his midfield options, plus whenever Paul Pogba decides to play. Um, Liverpool could be tempted to make a move for Hossim Auer, who has also been linked to Manchester United, Tottenham and Arsenal. Liverpool have been interested in him in a while, for a while. Last summer, if it hadn't been for COVID, they likely would have signed him. But COVID happened and they didn't because the price was, was too high at the time. But it is what it is. Um, I, I don't think they'll sign him this summer, but he's an interesting player and he's certainly a talented player. Uh, Kieran Trippier is optimistic about joining Manchester United from Atletico Madrid and has made plans to relocate. Yeah, when, you know, crack on, have at it. He's not the right back they need, but they do need a different type of right back. And, you know, at least they're getting somebody in. North Macedonia defender uh, Izgan Alioski is poised to join Galatasaray as a free agent on a three-year deal after turning down two offers of a new contract from Leeds. I'm a little bit surprised he's left. He played a lot under Bielsa and played a lot of different positions. Maybe that was what turned him off, was he didn't want to be playing a different position every week. But, you know, I don't know that you're going to work under many better managers in your career than Bielsa. So, you know, go and enjoy whatever you're doing. Azel Alkmaar's Dutch midfielder, Theon Kupminers, has attracted interest from Roma, Rennes and Arsenal, who see the 23-year-old as a potential replacement for Granit Xhaka. Very, very talented player. Would question his fit in the Premier League, just his lack of mobility and pace. He's also been linked with Atalanta. That's the move I want to see him make. But he'd be a good signing for pretty much anybody. I assume Roma are looking at him as an alternative to Xhaka. I would a million times sign him over Xhaka. There wouldn't even be a question. Uh, lastly, from Saturday then, Aston Villa have had an approach for Northampton Town's 19-year-old forward, Caleb Chukwameka, rejected. Now, he is the brother, I believe, of Villa's Carney Chukwameka. Yes, he is. Um, now, Chukwameka, I, I'm probably butchering his name, but I'm going to keep saying it. The younger Chukwameka, he is... Rated as one of the biggest prospects in English football right now. 17-year-old midfielder. Played twice in the Premier League at the end of the season for Villa. Very, very talented. Versatile type of midfielder. Could be a holding midfielder or a box-to-box player. Maybe they're trying to sign his brother to keep him happy at the club. I don't know. He hasn't really done anything for Northampton in League One that would warrant a move to a Premier League club. But there's been a lot of talk that Carney might want to leave Villa and might want to go somewhere else. There's been talk that United, Liverpool and Chelsea are all interested. So maybe signing his brother would be to try and pacify him and keep him at the club a little bit longer. Um, but that is just speculation on my part. Um, into Sunday then. Liverpool's Brazil goalkeeper Alisson is close to agreeing a new long-term contract. Uh, Barry, for those of you that know Barry on Twitter, Barry did tell us this back at the start of June that this deal was pretty close to done. Uh, it was just a matter of him going to the Copa and then coming back and it'll get done. Arsenal are hoping to sign Laconga there. That one's done. Um, Chelsea midfielder Conor Gallagher will be allowed to go on loan this summer. Yeah, we know that. Uh, Manchester United are expected to make a formal offer to Real Madrid for Rafael Varane but they're believed to be not prepared to meet the 50 million price tag for the player who has one year left on his contract. Varane is in higher de- high demand with both Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain also interested in signing him. He will have, yeah, he will obviously have offers. I, I just assume that Paris Saint-Germain signed Varane, so they'll be stupid now and not sign... Oh, they signed Ramos, so they'll be stupid now and not sign Varane. Um... Manchester United have also been offered the opportunity to sign Vinicius Jr. as Real Madrid attempt to raise funds for Kylian Mbappe. Nonsense. 
Harry Kane's England teammates believe the 27-year-old may not attend Tottenham pre-season training in a bid to force a move to Man City. I don't think there's any possibility of that. I think whoever wrote that in the Telegraph, I would guess, yeah, of course, it's Matt Law. I would guess it's nonsense. Um, Tottenham want to sign Lorenzo Pellegrino, Pellegrini, although it's unclear whether he would be keen on a move to England. Well, he was meant to be open to a move to Liverpool. So, you know, Fenerbahce are in talks with West Ham over a two million deal for Andre Yarmolenko. He's on big money. It is possible that, you know, you move him out and just clear the decks. Uh, here we have, here we have just poor, poor journalism. So we've obviously just been over the, uh, the Henderson shenanigans. Well, Tom Hopkinson and Ben Husband, neither of whom I have any idea who they are, they write for the Daily Mirror. They are digital sports writers. The headline read, Henderson set to sign new contract. The subheading, Liverpool to open talks with Henderson over a new deal. And the first line of the article, Liverpool are ready to open talks. So he's not close to doing anything of the sort. They have already done the opening of talks with his agent. And um, it's a nonsense. Nothing is close, uh, but surely it'll get sorted eventually. Just to solve the cry arson, they'll probably give him a, a two-year extension. But they shouldn't give him a pay rise. That would be a ridiculous move. Um, Alex Tellez has played then talk. He could leave Man United, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. Romelu Lukaku's agent, Federico Pastorello, has assured Inter Milan that the Belgian striker will not leave despite the financial issues at the Serie A club. Mauro Icardi is open to leaving Paris Saint-Germain for Juventus this summer. He spent seven years in Serie A with Inter Milan after joining, or before joining the French side uh, in 2019. I think that might be slightly wrong. I don't think he, did he spent seven years at Inter. He did spend he spent six years in Inter. He spent a year at Sampdoria. I knew he was a knew he did spend seven years there. Anyway, Juventus have expressed interest in re-signing Miralem Pjanic, who has struggled for game time since joining Barcelona. Liverpool may have to move quickly if they're to beat Par uh, Borussia Dortmund to PSV Eindhoven forward Daniel Malin. In order to buy the striker, Jurgen Klopp will first have to offload fringe players. Crystal Palace are set to beat Leeds United in the race to sign Peterborough United's Portuguese forward, Alder Nascimento, who has previously attracted interest from Wolves and Brighton. Leicester have, or Leeds have done a great job in snapping up really talented young players. It's good to see Palace getting in the mix for them as well. Um, Brexit could help Manchester United land Kieran Trippier as La Liga regulations surrounding British players has recently expired. This is trash. Absolute trash. Uh, from the Daily Express, so you, you'd expect it to be trash. If Trippier were to join United... So, the Daily Mirror also write the same crap about the... Um, because it's non non EU, obviously England's no longer in the EU, so non EU. But it's they're going to allow grandfathered players. That's already been said um, from the, from the UK. Nobody cares about Gareth Bale. Real Madrid don't want him. Nobody else wants him. He doesn't want to play football anymore. Or whatever. But the Mail also say about the Trippier thing. They use that as an example of why Bale couldn't even be registered next year because he wasn't at the club this previous season. So maybe they can't register him moving forward. They then say, oh, you know, Atletico might have to sell Kieran Trippier because of the same rules, even though they don't. <laughs> then they say, Atletico will move for Norwich at England fullback, Max Ahrens. So they can't have Trippier at the club anymore because of non-EU rules, but they're going to sign another English player who actually doesn't qualify under the non-EU rules. That's great. Great. Well done to the Daily Mirror. What a tremendous organisation you're running. Uh, Ricky Puig has rejected several offers to leave Barcelona and is set to stay and fight for his place. I think he might be fighting a losing battle, being honest. Um, 
Chelsea are leaving no stone unturned in their pursuit of Erling Haaland, although the chances of a swap deal for the Norwegian are said to be low. It's just not happening. It very clearly is not happening. Um, Chelsea have offered Callum Hudson-Odoi in a swap deal for Kingsley Coman. That's a move I like. That is actually a move I like. I think I like that for both clubs. Because Coleman wants to go elsewhere and get paid more. Hudson Adoy will wants to play more. He'd be third choice at Bayern, but he'd still get a lot of minutes. Because Nagelsmann rotates a lot. I like that deal for both teams. I do. I, I think Coleman at Chelsea with all the options they have wouldn't get overplayed. Excuse me, overplayed. I like that deal for both teams. Arsenal have entered the race for Max Ahrens. Uh, also been linked with Bayern Munich with the Gunners keen to land a replacement for Hector Bellerin. I think Aaron's is going to have a lot of options this summer. Whether Norwich choose to sell him or not, we don't yet know. Um, Everton are one of two Premier League clubs alongside West Ham who have approached Barcelona for Clement Langley. I don't believe that for a second. Not for a single second do I believe any of that. Juventus will have to pay £43 million to land Gabriela Jesus. He's been identified as one of the top targets. He has two years left on his deal. Um, I wouldn't pay it for him personally. Juventus are exploring a potential loan move for Leandro Paredes as cover for the injured Brazilian Arthur, Arthur Melo. He doesn't even play. Why would they want cover for him? Uh, Barcelona are interested in bringing in Lille and Portugal midfielder Renato Sanchez on a loan with an option to buy. Not a chance. Um, Barca may freeze Philip Coutinho out of first team action if they fail to unload him. He is 10 games away from activating a clause. You see them paying Liverpool 17.1 million, right? First of all, none of the clauses triggered 17.1 million at all. It was like 5 million on every single one of them. Secondly, Liverpool are due no more money from this deal because they sold all of that to some Australian finance company. So, nonsense. Um, Brighton will see if a deal can be done for Odson Edward. That's an inter- It's interesting to me that he's still there because he's really good. He's been linked with Leicester, obviously. They went with Dacca instead. He was linked with Arsenal. I think he'd be a brilliant signing for, for Brighton. If Brighton can get him, that solves a big one of their problems. They're also looking at Mark Cucurella from Hatafe. Former Barca youth player, left wing back, natural left wing back as well, perfect for the, their system. Him and Lamptey as wing backs would be tremendous. They will need to replace Ben White. They may need, obviously, to replace Basuma. Now, they've been linked with Nat Phillips to replace Ben White. That makes no sense at all. He'd be a terrible fit in a back three. He'd be absolutely appalling as a right sided centre back in a back three, getting dragged out into space. It'd be awful. Um, they can do much, much better than that. But Edward will be a really good signing, as would Cucurella. Brighton have also expressed interest in Martin Braithwaite, who is belonging to Wolves and West Ham. He's a decent player. He's not a big-time goal scorer, but a decent player. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo posted Decision Day on Instagram the day after Lekip reported that the transfer of Mauro Cardi to, from Paris Saint-Germain to Juventus depends on whether he leaves Juve. Just, just make a decision and go somewhere, I think Juventus would happily let him go, personally. I just don't know why you'd want to pay him 60 or 70 million a year. He's certainly not worth a fraction of it now. He's still a good goal scorer, but he's a good goal scorer, not a great goal scorer. And he's nowhere close to a great player anymore. So I think you'd be happy to let him go. You're not going to win the Champions League with him. And last year, you didn't even win Serie A with him. So uh, United are the main interested party in Kieran Trippier, but Atletico Madrid are keen to keep hold of him. They'll sell him at the right price. That's what they always do. Manchester United manager Oli Gunnar Solskjaer says Jesse Lingard is in his plans at the moment, and there are rumours that United are going to give him a new contract and that he's going to sign it. He's flushing away his career. It's very disappointing to see. Arsenal are looking to sell French striker Alex Lacazette to raise transfer funds. That's one that's been coming. He's due a new contract. You don't want to give him a new contract. He's 30. You're going to end up in another mess like you did with Ozil, like you have with Willian, like you have with Aubameyang. Inter Milan want to sign Denzel Dumfries, but can only commit to a loan at the moment, obviously because they're broke. Mallorca's 
Argentine midfielder Luca Romero will have a medical with Lazio on Monday. Congrats to him. Bayern Munich are keen to sell Quarantine Tolisso for 17.1 million this summer. I assume that's 20 million euro. Um, he's got one year left on his deal. So, yeah, makes makes a bunch of sense. Burnley are set to sign Wayne Hennessy. Yeah, literally nobody cares. And Newcastle have agreed to sell Florian Lejean to Alaves. Uh, he spent the last season there on loan. Did quite well, apparently. He would have been uh, a better player for Newcastle if he could have avoided injuries. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the show. Lots of gossip, all caught up. Lots of news, all caught up. If anything else comes out after now, it is quarter past two on Monday. It's not my fault. Anything else comes out from now, it's not my fault. That's their fault for not breaking it before now, or Guy's fault for not letting me go. Blame everybody else, don't blame me. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.